March 24th, 2020. Welcome to the Cardi Show. Of course, I am Brent Cardi. Thank you for tuning in. Glad to have you aboard. And uh, looking forward to the <coughs> excuse me, the next few days of uh, getting some episodes in. So let's get going. Today we got an old friend of ours coming back to the program. Jesse Goldberg Strassler. Jesse is my guest at this time. My guest at this time, of course, brought to you by our friends at Fast Time Watch and Jewelry Repair. 12 locations to serve you if they were open across Ontario. Visit FastTimeWatchRepair.com. Um, kudos to Milan and team for making the hard decision to close. Um, this is prior to being ordered to close. Um, so they... they I know it's a tough time for a lot of us right now, and uh, hats off, Bob Milan, on the program around Thursday or Friday, but uh, just thinking about everybody affected by this right now. So be safe out there, folks. Wash your hands, but let's get to my guest at this time, Jesse Goldberg-Strassler, 2019 MILB Broadcaster of the Year. Raise your hand if you're shocked, because I'm certainly not. Well-deserving of that. Of course, the voice of the Lansing Lugnuts, the low-A affiliate, uh, of the Toronto Blue Jays, I should say, Miss Midwest League. Author of the Baseball and Football Thesaurus, you can get those books uh, online. He's also a new father, a master storyteller, and of course, holds the prestigious title of the very first guest on this podcast. Check out what our old friend Jerry Howarth has to say about Jesse. Jesse Goldberg Strassler is a real pro on the radio with a great presence off the air as well. His skills, calling games, are excellent and well-suited for radio broadcasts. That and his mentorship with others over the years truly make him stand out among his peers. And of course, this is from Jesse's website, jessegoldbergstrasser.com, and our old buddy Jerry Howarth, the greats. 36-year radio veteran for the Toronto Blue Jays. Jesse Goldberg-Strasser coming up on my guest this time on the Cardi Show. All right, the man of the hour has arrived. Good to have Jesse Goldberg-Strasler back. Uh, new father, Jesse, congratulations. How's everybody in the household? Thank you very much. Everybody is doing great. This is a lot of fun. Talk about, I mean, so you went back uh, to spring training again. Um, talk about the experience uh, a, as a new dad, and B, going to Dunedin, working with Mike and Ben, and touring the new ballpark. Well, as a new dad, I can tell you, when the plans were announced among my nuclear family, hey, I'm going down to Dunedin, my brother, who lives in Philadelphia, and my sister, who lives in Hoboken, immediately conspired with my wife for both of them to fly in to help take care of baby Alan. So there was help that was there while I was gone. They loved that I had left. It gave them a great excuse to come visit. That was really nice. And then for me, being uh, my second visit to spring training in terms of broadcasting the games made me feel a lot more comfortable, um, put me at ease, especially the more that I uh, communicate in person, interact with in person, Ben Wagner or Mike Wilner. That makes me feel really good because I just, I enjoy both of their company. I enjoy talking to 
each of them about baseball and about things that aren't baseball. And then seeing the ballpark, the newly renovated ballpark, looked great. Really enjoyed walking entirely around it, the 360-degree concourse. I found spots throughout the game because I came in. The very next day, I immediately called a game in Lakeland against the Tigers alongside Mike Wilner. And then the next day, the Blue Jays were home, and I wasn't broadcasting. So really got the chance to explore TD Ballpark. And then the day after that, I was not on the call as the Blue Jays played in Bradenton against the Pirates. So again, I was exploring, and I also sat in the booth right behind Mike and Ben and listened to them and got to watch their interactions. And then the next day, I was on the call at TD Ballpark alongside Ben Wagner. So I thought it was a really good experience in terms of integrating, putting me at ease, getting my feet on the ground with the people that I was with, and the places where I was. That way I could really take it all in. What is the one big difference, if there is one, between working with Ben, talking baseball with Ben, and uh, likewise with Mike Wilner? I would say that the biggest difference is that Mike Wilner being a sports talk guy, everything is a conversation about whatever comes to mind. So you just have to be on your toes. You can be calling the top of the fourth inning, and suddenly you could be in the midst of a conversation all about, let's say, the American League East and how things are looking this year. Or it could be about recent movies you've seen. Or it could be, who knows what might come up? Birds. I knew going into a game that I was broadcasting with Mike that I just had fun topics that I could throw at him, or he had fun topics that he could throw at me. And we would just go all the while that the game was going on. Whereas with Ben Wagner, uh, because he comes at it from similarly to me, that minor league baseball play-by-play perspective of let's call the game, he would listen to what I said, but he didn't, he didn't feel the need to turn it into a two-person conversation all the time. It was very much him listening, him respecting the call of the game because the game took priority. So is it the conversation or the game? And I can make the case for every single broadcast, you should prioritize both alternating over the course of the game. There's some innings where it's really good to say, here's the pitch, and everything is about the crowd atmosphere. Everything is about what is going on and breaking down the intricacies. And the very next half inning, but the game might have ground down, and there might be nothing going on, at which point it's best for you and your co-broadcaster to have a really fun conversation to invite the listener in on. Uh, so two very different philosophies, and both of them made for engaging games. So you finish up in spring training, and you fly back home. You do your winter job of uh, calling uh, college, uh, women's college basketball, and uh, we eventually get here to this uh, pandemic of the coronavirus. And for now, I haven't rem- haven't uh, recalled the time when sports in general, have just stopped for 11, 12 days, uh, at least not since 9-11. Um, I guess the first first question I have is, um, how are you handling not having sports on the TV? It's funny because I think I'm handling it better than most. <laughs> it's a second paternity leave. Right. I'm working from home for the Lugnuts. My wife is working from home for her position at Michigan State University, and our baby's child care is closed right now. It's on hiatus due to precaution. But because of that, the two of us are alternating in taking care of the baby and getting our work done. 
That way one of us can say, hey, I really need to lock in. This needs to get done. The other of us can take care of the baby during that time. And then we switch off. And then in the evenings, the baby is asleep, and that allows the two of us to hang out together and watch a movie or read a book or play a game or catch up with our families, our parents, our siblings. Um, I think when I was alone and a single person, I would have sports on every single night. But the way that I currently live, it it actually allows me to, to pass the time very easily without sports. When there's a day off, Throughout the Lugnuts baseball season, I generally do not spend that at home watching baseball. I spend that with my wife, enjoying the evening. It's a beautiful thing, and I think we're all in that same boat now, doing chores and watching movies and, uh, well, recording podcasts. Um, the one thing right now that is still going, and you are a big wrestling fan, is uh, wrestling itself. WWE is still producing shows out of the Performance Center. AEW is still producing shows uh, at their various taping spots. Um, as a wrestling fan, I don't know if you had the opportunity to watch any of that, but how are you feeling about that? Brent, I'm such a big AEW fan. Really? So for years and years, I was WWF, WWE, and then I took a hiatus right when WCW got good, so I missed the Monday Night Wars. I was in the late 80s, the early 1990s, and then I came back right when SmackDown debuted, and then everybody was in who I was around, and those early 2000s were glorious. And there was no WCW, there was just WWE, and then I got really into the independency, and I really liked Ring of Honor. I really liked seeing all the guys coming up. Um, the biggest things to me are, I love really good matches, and I love compelling reasons for those matches to take place, which means that I'm invested in those outcomes. And by and large, that is what I'm getting from AEW and not from WWE. What do you make of the empty arena performances? Uh, this past Wednesday, it looks like they switched the hard camera uh, on AEW Dynamite to show the entrance ramp. And, uh, well, I mean, WWE did the same thing from what it looks like this past Monday night on Raw. Um, WWE showing more uh, older stuff like Royal Rumble, WrestleMania matches to fill the time. And it looks like AEW is filling their two hours with actual matches and storylines. Uh, what are you seeing right now? Well, before we really dive into that, sure. it has always seemed to me that sports, and in this case, sports entertainment, needs fans. They don't really need me as a broadcaster. <laughs> uh, but they do need a game going on, and they need people watching that game and paying to watch those games. And that helps out each other. The players are nothing without fans. The fans are nothing without players. It's, it really has to be this mutual relationship between the two. Otherwise, you just have a game taking place on a field, or... You've got people trying to watch something, who knows what it is, a soap opera, whatever it might be. So I think that the most compelling sports happen because of the atmosphere. The sports is great, the quality of the competition is great, but the people who are there watching it, their atmosphere is such that it, it heightens Everything, the best baseball games I've ever seen, where the fans are hanging on to every single pitch and reacting to every pitch. 
I got into loving soccer because I went to a soccer friendly growing up between Brazil and Ecuador and Washington, D.C. And the crowds around me, the Brazilian fans, the Ecuadorian fans were so cool. I couldn't help but love it. My very first hockey game was a hockey playoff game between the Penguins and the Capitals. And even though I didn't really understand hockey, the crowd was such that I couldn't get over how cool this was. So I appreciate that the companies have marched forward and said, we're going to continue to supply entertainment to everybody watching at home who needs it. But I think it has just shown the importance of the crowds, the people who are not paid to be there, the people who pay to be there, the people who are the fans. I think such an important responsibility in making wrestling what it is. The crowd pop, it's British Bulldog with the roll-up. In the UK, at SummerSlam with the crowd going nuts, yeah. the glass breaking, and all the fans cheering their heads off. It's everything. We need that. Okay, so that's, you understand, that's why I'm like, let's get this first thing out of the way. 100%. I need crowds, yep. and I hope that wrestlers understand how important crowds are. Yeah, that's how they're trained. They're trained to uh, get the feedback from the crowd. It's on-the-job training. Yeah. And if you're not reacting to the crowds, if you're not working with the crowds and letting them boost you and you boost them and you egg them on, and if you and the crowds are not working in concordance, in my mind, a wrestling match doesn't work. Okay, here's what we got. We now have wrestling where there are no crowds, so you can't feed off the fans. I loved what AEW did in terms of putting the wrestlers in the crowd, letting them still have their personalities, but at the same time react to one another. Because of that, it's not the same atmosphere, but I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the WWE shows of last week. What do you make of Tony Khan? Um, I heard him on a couple podcasts, and he seems like a guy that, um, in addition to being a football owner and a soccer uh, team owner, uh, loves the wrestling business, unlike, it almost feels like he loved it a hell of a lot more than Eric Bischoff did. I think that right now he could very well be important for the entire industry of professional, uh, professional wrestling. In terms of, he has given people who love the sports, who love the entertainment, who love the industry of wrestling, he has given them a platform, he has given them resources, and he has given them carte blanche to a certain extent to go out and provide an alternative to WWE. And I really appreciate him for that. Yeah, likewise. And uh, I guess the one other thing that's crossing my mind is WWE is going forward with uh, WrestleMania. Uh, again, I mean, WrestleMania, the big spectacle that is, you know, last year was at MetLife Stadium, uh, 70,000 people. Uh, the year before was at the Superdome in New Orleans, and um, now they're going to have WrestleMania in an empty performance center. And usually, what happens is older guys come back, um, you know, for that WrestleMania payoff. And one would have to think one guy in particular was coming back, probably to retire, to hand the proverbial torch off to Roman Reigns. That's Goldberg. Um, do you think that? Uh, due to this circumstance, that Goldberg's going to come back for a couple more matches? I hope not. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> I was a big fan back in the day, and we happened to share a last name, so you know that I root for him, or at the very <laughs> least, I rooted for him when he was healthier and younger. I get worried about him the same way I get worried about The Undertaker, yep. and everybody who's up there in years, 
just in terms of their health, it is a very demanding thing to go out there and perform. And I just want to make sure that nobody suffers a terrible injury in the ring. So in this case, maybe it's good that WrestleMania is uh, pre-taped from what I'm reading. Right. That way, we take care of all of these guys. But at some point, I like for the business to move on and go into the business of establishing, creating, making sure that you've got new stars, guys on that level. I think that much, much, much more energy should be spent in terms of trying to get the current guys higher and higher. Because when you're just bring back a Goldberg or an Undertaker, you expose how much you have not created the stars of today. Likewise. Uh, I completely understand that and agree with that 100%. Um, let's go back to the fans for a second and pro sports. Uh, we don't know what this virus entails. We don't know really where it's going. Um, but do you see sports coming back without the fans uh, so owners can get the TV revenue? Or do you see something long-term? I know it's hard to look into your crystal ball, but... Um, I, I don't know if this is going to go on forever, one would think. At some point, it's going to end. I think the question is when it ends, what damage is done, what damage is done to society, uh, what damage is done economically and business, and, and how have people's lives been affected, I think is a really big question that we don't know the answer to yet. Um, once we figure out that answer, once we start seeing where society is, that's going to go a large way in saying, how has sports changed? How does sports have to change moving forward? But I do think a lot of people are starved for sports right now in whatever capacity they can get it. They just can't get it because COVID-19 is such a threat. And I still am not sure if people have wrapped their minds around how it's a threat, why it's a threat, and to what extent it is. I think that there is uh, a great hunger for sports right now. I think that hunger is going to increase. Um, but I feel like we're a large ways away in understanding when it is deemed possible for sports to come back, how our life has changed accordingly that sports then needs to adapt to. I agree with that. I'm, I'm a big believer that we're not going to be the same as uh, we came into this as we get out of this. Uh, it's it's going to be different. I don't know how different, but uh, it will be a bit different. Um, obviously, people can follow you on Twitter at Jay Goldstrass. Uh, you're a great follow, and you started something uh, called the Storytelling Series uh, where you're encouraging everybody and minor league broadcasters to tell their stories. What prompted this? I think everybody pursues their passions. Everybody knows what they love. Some people really love video games. And so during this time when you're shut in, that's somewhere that you can pour your attention into. I love storytelling. From when I was four years old, I was telling stories at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. I love listening to stories. I love reading stories. I love telling stories, sharing stories. Wherever I go as a minor league broadcaster, when broadcasters get together, we immediately share the stories of things that have happened to us, things that we have heard. We can't wait to hear everybody else's wild stories that they have to share. So it seemed to me during this time, if I am 
quarantined, as all of us are shelter in place right now in Michigan and well beyond. Well, at the very least, I could record great stories. Here's a story for people to enjoy that I can share, and I look forward to seeing what other stories Rob Fay from the Vancouver Canadian shared or whomever else might pass along a story. I really enjoy that interaction of human culture. Yeah, you are very good at it. I think you got three or four already up there, and I, I did enjoy Rob's story as well. Um, with storytelling and broadcasting, do you find that baseball is like one of the only sports where you can do that as a broadcaster? Are you able to tell stories uh, when you're calling basketball and football games? I can fit a story in, but it has to be during a moment that's well-chosen. Right. So in baseball, I can tell a story during a full half inning or during a player's at-bat. I really loved how Vin Scully would say, in this top of the seventh inning, I'll tell you the story about how Time Lasorda walked home from the ballpark. And then he would tell the seventh inning, he would call the action while telling this beautiful story. Well, with me, in terms of baseball, there's room for it. But in terms of basketball, there might not be that room, which causes the stories to get truncated. And I really loved, when I sat down, when I first moved to Michigan, Ernie Harwell was still alive, and he was living not too far from Detroit, and I gained an audience with him. And I enjoyed how Ernie could hide little stories inside of other stories. He was telling about the time that he first was called up to the major leagues, first traded for by Brooklyn, and he had arrived in the major leagues, and he just had throwaway lines. Like, so this pitcher who later would have his nose bitten off in a barroom brawl. This pitcher's out there on the mound. And I, I thought, time out. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Dad, what happened? <laughs> so that is where I think basketball lends to it, that you can say, let's dribble down the left flank by this player. We can say whatever their last name is. Johnson takes it down the left side. Four years, she has played for the Finnish national team. That was it inside to Williams, who's out of Dayton, Ohio. Little bite-sized things. A player steps to the free throw line. Did you know that she is following her father's footsteps because he also played basketball here at Wright State? Little things that you can tap into. This person is one of eight siblings. Here are the other siblings' names. 72-67, to go in the fourth quarter. And off you go. So as long as you have those bite-sized. Think about a candy bar, and then on Halloween, there are much smaller portions, or the bite-sized portions, the shareable portions. In baseball, you get to have a lot larger size portion of candy. But at basketball, you want it to be that bite-sized that you sneak in there, and away you go. Before I let you go, do you have a story to share? Maybe a story about good old Charlie Montoyo? Charlie Montoyo was the smartest manager that I ever worked with in terms of in-game management. In 2006, I was with the Montgomery Biscuits. I was the number two, uh, the intern, the person at the side of the number one, Jim Toko, great broadcaster. And Charlie Montoya was our manager for the Biscuits, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, double-A affiliate. We later on that year had Evan Longoria. We had a great team. We won the league championship. The reason why we won the league championship was A, the talent that Tampa Bay had given us, and B, Charlie Montoya, once the game started, was inside the other manager's head. He knew exactly when the other team was going to be calling for a steal. Boom, we had a pitch out ready. That runner was toast. 
You knew exactly when the other team's manager was going to call for a suicide squeeze. Pitch out. Runner, toast. And onward. You knew when to place the signals for our guys to catch the other team off guard. And I would just see him grin a day, two days into a series, knowing he's stolen their signs. He's figured it out. And we're going to be fine. Love that Charlie Montoya smile. Well, Jesse, it's always a pleasure to speak with you and talk to you. I'm glad everybody's doing well and uh, being safe. And uh, when we come through this, and we will come through this, uh, count on me and the boys uh, coming to pay you a visit down at Cooley Law School Stadium. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate this. Hey, I love it. Looking forward to having you here, rolling out the red carpet for you all. Thank you very much for having me on. Jesse Goldberg Strauss, you can please follow him on Twitter at Jake Goldstrauss. Until tomorrow, this has been the Carter Show. Take care.